I love smoking joints. Sal Spinelli, my brother. How you doing? Italian stallion. Sal Spinelli. Yes, we are. We went at it this morning. We did. We did. Great practice, dude. You guys are fucking intense. I love that. Chad and the Halloween girl came to me. Yeah, and uh, that's why I noticed, like, not to take anything away from regular people that do yoga, but you guys, like, you bring it. You just surrender to the practice. You know what's it to be in uncomfortable positions and not being able to move and just breathe there and wait for an opportunity to get out of that uncomfortable position. So you guys were in... And here, I know that it's... And I told Chad, like, you know, the first day, like, I know you guys have very little ego after you've been choked hundreds of times oh, in your yeah. life. It's like, there's no fucking ego in you. So, yeah, just take a knee down and relax. But, yeah, y- your practice is pretty, pretty intense. I love that. Thank you, man. You know, the the thing is, if, if, you're, going to, if you're going to do something like, you know, something like yoga, very intense, there's no sense in just in just doing it half-ass. You might as well you might as well do it. Just go for it. Let me hear you, baby. Yo, yo, yo. Seems like you're registering <coughs> a little better. Come back. Yo, 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 yo. All right, yeah. You're right there. You in the mix, homeboy. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we were talking about our yoga practice today and how great it it felt. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, it's nice to see uh, the uh, the little group in the mornings kind of kind of growing. Yeah, that's thanks to you, my man. I'm gonna have to pay you now. No Adver- advertisement. <laughs> little, no, little it's it's good. It's good seeing um, seeing different people get together. You know, um, I think both of us in in this little city between. Uh, between you know, no food and music and, and just martial arts and, and just everything, we know we know a lot of different circles, and just to see these circles kind of uh, become, collide, yeah, collide yeah, and, and it's, it's awesome. It's nice. It's pretty awesome. I was taking a look back at at that in different ways, and I remember just like. When I met you, when I went to the first class, that everything was like really walking into a different place, you know, coming from the, I think for me was never having a theory, music theory background. Right. To just come in there. And I had my clash with my speech therapist in, in Florida when I lost my voice a couple of times. And I was thinking about doing all the exercises and everything. It just seemed like, I don't know, this is bullshit. It's, who's going to wake up every day and do all these warm-ups and the shit? And right. then you even forget to do a warm-ups before the show. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so walking in there, and the first thing you tell me is just, just relax. And I'm like, relax? <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know. I could, I could never, never relax. Yeah, you know, relaxing, um, relaxing is huge. You know, I think, um, I think in everything we do, uh, first step is to relax. Yeah, you know, it was so, so hard for me. And then after that, like I always tell my wife that that was so influential for me to start really looking into yoga like how can i really like get to relax really yeah so thank you for that well thank you because now i have a yoga teacher yeah buddy what and um then into everything you know like calming down so much and seeing some shit like it's just out of your control you just have to let it be and that's it absolutely like i had nothing of that in my person like fuck that and I always told Terry, like, how can he be so calm? You know, a lot of it's a lot of freaky. people, a lot of people ask me, you know, don't you, uh, don't you get upset about anything? You know, 
Of course I do. Absolutely. But um, it was it was taught to me from a young age to, you know, focus, be relaxed, and um, life will be okay. Yeah, that's, and I was, I was uh, thinking about that day at uh, Nick's party. It was, what, three years ago? Right. But right after you left, your dad started telling stories about you. Oh, you were no. a kid and stuff. And he was like, I asked him, like, how is he so relaxed? Like, how can he be so mellow? He's like, you know, it's funny because I was worried for for a moment that he he was just being like bullied and he would be just like don't say anything because when he was a kid he used to let all the kids borrow all his toys and he would just stand aside and look at them play and i was like man what's going on he's is he getting bullied and we will ask him like sal why aren't you playing with your toys and you would be like well if they want to play let them play after they leave i still have my toys i can still play with them yeah, you know, I'm like, like what? I mean, <laughs> of course, I think when at a young age, you know, like I, I was bullied, you know, a little bit here and there in school, but um, I don't think any more or less than than anybody else's experience of being on the the short end of the stick, with, yeah. you know. But um, you know, at the end of the day, they're just you know, I, just just things, and just to see people happy, that that meant more to me as a kid, I yeah, guess. I noticed that. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, as we examine ourselves and we take all these, like, you know, psychology quizzes and whatever, we start talking to people who understand the brain and personality, you know. And I, I end up becoming one, you know, I'm a people pleaser, which is good and it's, mm-hmm. you know, bad in certain situations. It's terrible for us <laughs> in the situations that we are in bands. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we want no confrontation. We want no desire of arguing with anybody about anything. But yeah. Sometimes you yeah. just give in, and later you're, like, kicking yourself in the ass. Well, you know, you you, you think, um, what's the balance? Because, um, you know, you're, you're taught as a kid. Um, you know, I grew up I grew up in a in Catholic church, you know, and um, I was taught, you know, like uh, – you know, Jesus says, you know, turn, turn the other cheek, you know, like it's, it's okay. And, uh, I grew, I kind of like, you know, distanced myself from, from that when I got older. And then, you know, I got more into, you know, like martial arts mm-hmm. and, um, and, and different philosophies. I really picked up on Eastern philosophy a lot. And, um, you know, just, just the idea, um, of being calm. I guess uh, I don't want to say um, uh, avoid confrontation, but don't escalate confrontation. You know, like uh, for yeah. example, if like uh, you know we're in bars all the time, you know, and uh, we're doing the music thing, and it's easy for me to relate to here. And you know, there's a you know, say I'm hanging out with my wife, right, mm. and somebody's shooting her a look or whatever wants to cause trouble, you know. My wife's the type of person. She's like, "Why don't you go say something?" Why, <laughs> you know? And she wants she wants the husband to stick up for her, and mm-hmm. I get it totally. You know, they want that hero. But on the other side of the coin, like, why? Like, why, why give him that? Right? right? Why? Why give into it? Why um, escalate that situation? Make it worse? You know, like, yeah. uh, uh, if somebody's throwing something to you, if somebody's vibing with you trying to create some sort of conflict it's it takes two yeah you know so you 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 only uh the way you react is what matters you know unless somebody's physically putting their hands on me i don't care i don't care what you're saying right i don't care the words are just words you know like it doesn't matter it's just white noise but uh as far as that kind of conflict i'm really good with just avoiding it uh not not to be confused with weakness, it's just I don't give in yeah. to just talk, right? However, <laughs> How however, <laughs> when it comes to conflict as far as like, look, this is going to be a really difficult situation with your buddies to talk about. Yeah. 
uh, you need to man up and open your mouth and, right. and communicate. Then oh, it, I always uh, end up pussy and out. Yeah, that's me. That's what I'm like, yeah, you guys just do what you want, man. Yeah, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. You want to? Yeah, just take all my money. I don't uh, care. I, and then I, that shit builds inside that one day, the day that you are not supposed to fucking do it, you just snap. That's it. And you fuck up. Yeah. And then you have to live with that shit, with that regret. That That's... Right. That's why I'm uh, I'm happy to have my uh, to have my wife in that situation because she's she's the one that snaps me into like you know be cool be conflict you're you're you know you're smart you can do things just don't be afraid to to talk about what you need to talk about but um, yeah so you know if you can find that balance is that a helicopter yeah. up there is there is a chopper damn fuzz OJ made it here but um, yeah uh, pointless pointless conflict I'm. I'm pretty good at just avoiding and not getting worked up. Yeah, that's another thing that I've noticed about jiu-jitsu guys, or people that practice jiu-jitsu in general, women too. Like, the calmness. You guys are so, like... A lot of people can make, like, the stupidest mistakes of fucking with you, and you'll be like, oh, am I going to have to choke a bitch again in public? (laughs) Jesus Christ. But it's, like, so... You walk with it, and it's like so unassuming that right. you have that in you, and there's this calmness that when you walk into a jiu-jitsu place, and I, I've said this a couple of times, and I told you, all right, we're back, we're back, we're back. So what were we talking about before we left? Oh yeah, jiu-jitsu guys, you're so so calm, so not egotistical i talked about that too like when was the first time after you started practicing that you said like all right this is something that i really want to stick with it's something special um i think immediately yeah you know um when i was a kid uh in florida um you know i i studied uh, some other some other martial arts stuff and you know, a lot of uh, a lot of Chinese-based martial arts, and um, a little bit while we were when we moved out here to California. Um, you know, I studied as well, but um, you know, I happened to just by chance walk into uh, a school, uh, Chris Brennan's school out here, and um, I'm uh, instantly I was like, "This is awesome," you know, and. Um, it was cool because, you know, you walk in there and there are these very what you would assume imposing um, guys, you know, like super just like intense guys. But they, uh, you know, you walk in and they just end up becoming the nicest people, right. you know. And, um, you know, it was a really it was a really nice uh, um, welcome into the into the art of jujitsu. But um yeah, it was it was something I immediately fell in love with. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's. I've always I was always curious because my cousin I remember came back from Canada. He went back uh, down home in Venezuela, and he was talking about it. He was so psyched. He got his black belt like in four years. Something oh like wow! That. He was so intense, wow. and it was as a it was it was at a Gracie. Academy over there, and he used to talk about Caesar and Royce and all those guys, and I'm like, jujitsu, haven't heard of it in my life. <laughs> and then he's talking about, you know, like, no, dude, there's just so many more elements to it, you know, than to beat somebody just by fisting him or kicking yeah, him. Or shit, absolutely. The um. You know the 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 mental um, the mental part of it is huge. You know you end up you go in there and you know for a long time you get your you get your ass beat. You know, but not in a very violent way. Almost in a um, um, <laughs> like a tutoring way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in a, a very loving. Um, I guess like like a like an older brother beating you up type situation where you know they're not looking to hurt you. They're just kind of. You know, the old Gracie videos you used to see, uh, you know, the challenge videos where, um, 
you know, they would slap the guy, you know, that they'd be in a fight, you know, a challenge match or whatever. And, um, you know, I, it was like, just, you know, slap the guy in the back of the head. Don't punch him. Just like slap him, you know, just to let him know, Hey, I'm, I'm right here. You know? <laughs> so it's not like, a um, waiting for new people to, to beat up. It's more, it's more of like, Hey, like be aware of what's going on. Like here, this is, this is to let you know what's happening, what could happen. You're doing well or you're not doing well at all. You know, let's work on it. But uh, there's a big mental part of the game where you, uh, you know, um, and I say game because, it, you know, between between people training, it becomes like a chess match, you know, yeah, and it, beca- it becomes like a game. And when, you know, obviously, uh, you know, life or death situation, that's not a game. But uh, it becomes a game, you know, while you're training sometimes because uh, – um, you're trying to outsmart each other. Yeah, you know, and you're, you know, you get caught with something, and you try to get out of it, and vice versa, and it just becomes something that, uh, you know, you end up hugging the guy beforehand, and you end up hugging the guy afterwards. Yeah. You know, like thank you so much for that experience, right. thank you for that six minutes, thank you for that eight minutes. I learned a lot. Cool. You know, and uh, the more you do it, the the more calm you get while you do it, and. Uh, you know, you can you can be very very intense, but still retain some sort of calmness in your brain. Yeah. You know, and uh, just seeing like the higher guys, you know, like Tom Cronin and you know Tino and Martinez and, and Sean Ruiz, like all the all the black belts over um, over at Carlson Gracie and Temecula, they're just such kind, warm-hearted people. I know. And. Um, they're always smiling and they're always wanting you to do good and they're they're trying to improve you but when they but when they get very intense um they don't they don't lose that uh sense of uh teacher in them mm-hmm. you know and uh that's what's really nice about practicing yeah it's, that's awesome it's a lot to learn watching that cuz every time you get caught that it's a learning experience and you have to like with the mechanics like what what's easier for you to recognize if you're always looking at let's say you're in the bottom the guy's in your guard and are you looking more at what he's doing or you're feeling your body according to the position where he's in or do you just have to like blend in both you know it's kind of it's kind of a blend um you know because everybody uh is a little bit different mm-hmm. with their, you know, um, not to sound, uh, not to sound metaphysical here, but, um, everybody's energy mm-hmm. is different, you know, and you kind of, you adapt to each one. So we're somebody that I'd feel comfortable in a guard with other people. I wouldn't, okay. you know? Um, so that's just, that's just me. And there's, there's, there's people that love playing guard and, you know, they could, um, they can control a situation against anybody. Apparently, I've you know. seen that. That's scary. Like, why would you just right? Like that? For for me, like I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a fan of just like a, like sitting there. But um, you know, that's that's just me. It's just one one person um, does it their own way. Another person does it their their own way, and so on. Cool. What's do you have like a favorite? submission a favorite move i do i do it's the stare down Ooh. i like to know <laughs> it's the stare oh i tap out no you know i like to keep it um i kind of keep it just basic um i don't really have a, a favorite you know i'm always trying to work on stuff um yeah i you know just kind of simple i like simple cool because so. yeah there's guys that are like the opponents know it. It's like this guy, it's a fucking rear naked choke guy, okay? Oh yeah. And everybody's like, I trained for the choke two minutes into it, they're getting choked. Yeah, I mean you get you get a guy that practices one thing a thousand times. It was like, like the Ronda Rousey <laughs> shit with yeah. the armbar. Like she could pull it from everywhere. It's gnarly. That was her thing. Yeah, was and so then, good. That and then, move was insane. And then eventually people were like, you know, let's not Put ourselves in that situation to get yeah. armbar. If you, you know? don't get yourself into that situation, yeah, you have higher chances of of surviving. 
Yeah. What was the name of this guy? Um, he was in the UFC, and I think he's been banned for like two organizations. The guy that does the the leg locks and break breaks. I'm not sure. Dislocates the the opponent's knee, and I think he broke a couple of ankles. I can't remember. It's a Brazilian guy. He was in the UFC. He got kicked out, and then I think he went to another place, or he had already been banned. Right. From Pride or something like that. Is it Rusimar? I'm not sure. I think it's Rusimar. It's Paul Mars, Paul Hyde. You know, I'm probably one of the... <laughs> I'm probably the one out of 20 guys that practices, you know, jiu-jitsu and stuff that doesn't keep up with with all the UFC names. Oh, yeah. I, watch, oh, I watch it so much. I'm like... I love it. it. I just think it's... Now right. that the sport is getting so big... And it has brought so much more attention also to jiu-jitsu. Right. Because your tournaments now, you guys are, I mean, not that you never had big tournaments, but now you can hear more about it and people are more interested about it. Right. Because one thing that really sucks about the UFC fan base right. is that they don't like to go and like necessarily cheer for a guy like Damian Maya right. who is going to try to submit you all the time because that's that's his thing you know and right. people start booing like when they're grappling and they're on the ground trying to have control and uh now when you're talking like you know you have your jujitsu and stuff like your jujitsu tournaments you have your gi tournaments you have your no gi tournaments you know there's there's so much um so much uh, um, differences, you know, like you want to be well-rounded and trained in all of them, you know, but then you get, you get punches and kicks thrown into it, you yeah. know, like you, you don't want to get punched in the face, you know, oh. nobody likes to get punched in the head, yeah. nobody likes to get kicked in the mouth, you know, so um, people don't understand, like sometimes you want to be close, you know, you want, you want to uh, uh, keep some sort of control. And while it's uh, um, visually boring, yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, um, stuff going on, totally. you know, between those two guys. That's one thing you think nothing's going on, but there's everything is going on in the mind of those two guys. Like, all right, how am I gonna get out of here? Oh, right. he's moving his legs, trying to pass, and all that shit, and you're out there just. Five beers deep. Boo! <laughs> right. Fucking punch him in the face, right. dude. I mean, they, they just want to see some. They just want to see somebody get their arm broken or you yeah, know, somebody totally. punch them. Yeah, totally. want to see the gnarly shit and the like. No, it's not. That's not. Finish. It's not everybody that yeah, watches, everybody. but uh, yeah, there's definitely that stigma, you know, of the the good old meathead that just that just wants to see somebody get their face bashed yeah. in. I I found it like so interesting, and then I started watching. <laughs> Like the matches, I started watching Eddie Bravo, Marcelo Garcia. Right. Holy shit, those guys are freaks. Yeah, those guys, those guys do some crazy stuff. It's insane. It's insane. And that fight was it? Um, Eddie Bravo and was it? Did he fight Rickson or Royler? One of those two. And he said that they were talking to each other. Right. That in one transition, Eddie got him like on a leg lock or right. Uh, knee extension and uh, Gracie's ACL some ligaments just popped oh no and he was like hey did you hear that and Gracie <laughs> was like yeah keep going I don't care He's oh like, man I think it was Hoyler uh, Hoyler. Hoyler and man I was like dude that's fucking intense and so much better than watching a guy just trying to knock out the other dude you know yeah, for sure. There's just a, there's just a, a very difficult skill, or it's a difficult to see skill that's happening. Yeah. So. Have you watched the uh, uh, flow grappling? I do. Tournament? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of a lot of the guys that um, that that I train with. Um, they're you know a lot of their matches are on there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool, because guys can take a break from. The UFC thing and whatnot, and go yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. I would like to see 
John Jones against Luke Rockhold. That would be a good fight. Both their jiu-jitsu are fucking sick. Yeah, that would be a good fight. Those two guys, they their jiu-jitsu level is pretty, pretty high. You know, and John, um, he's just so tall and, and much Lengthy. like... Yeah. yeah. Did you watch his fight against uh, Belfort? I, I don't think I did. Belfort had him on a triangle. Right. And this motherfucker just kept, you know, pulling and pulling and pulling. His elbow dislocated. Oh. Or his elbow or his shoulder. Right. But he was just out. Oh. And he ended up submitting <coughs> Vitor with a, I think it was a Kimura. Oh, wow. Yeah. He fucked him up. And that guy's not even a black belt or a brown right. belt. Right. And he submits black belts left and right. Yeah, he's a monster, man. He's... You know, some people are just really, really good. You know? That fight Saturday is going to be hot, hot, hot. Finally, they're going to fucking fight. Right. Excited about that one. What do you think about uh, the transgender ban? The transgender ban, man. The, the Trump gender ban. You know... Here's the thing. When I when I think about stuff during the day, none of my thoughts go to my opinions on people that are transgender, transsexual, gay, <laughs> lesbian. I don't care. Like, you know, it was it was really a it was really a surprising thing because yeah, yeah, you have you have people that are, you know, whatever they are. Um they want to fight for the country. They want to fight for their freedom. Right. That's fine with me. And then you have, you know, the opinion of, uh, well, it's a mental disorder. You know, I I don't buy into the mental mental disorder. It, it, you know, it, it it doesn't seem like it's a negative thing to I me. And it, yeah, I, I don't see it like that either. I mean, I saw I saw something on Facebook. Uh, somebody posted, "Well, you know, it's a it's a mental disorder, and their suicide rate is high." And I'm like, "Well, you know, maybe their suicide rate wouldn't be so high if, we if such they assholes yeah, if we, if we didn't give them so much That's so not much a grief." Mental disorder at all? That's no, I, yeah. you know, like I don't. I've never been uh, depressed to the point where. Um, or misunderstood in my life to the point where I'd want to take my own life. Um, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that mind state is. Um, so I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to call those people cowards or anything like that. Um, I think it's very unfortunate that that ha that, that happens. But, um, you know, it, it, it's something that needs to be taken very seriously. And I don't, uh, I don't, I don't support it, the, the transgender ban, you know, because... For years, um, I've, I've never heard so much uh, one way or the other opinions about this transgender thing than I have in the past, like, two years. Yeah. You know, it's like when I – it didn't matter when I was growing up, you know. You you knew, all right, there's a, there's a, there's a person in class. You know, even in fifth grade, I knew mm -hmm. some people in, you know, very uh, – um, you, you could tell just like, okay, these, this person's a little bit different. Yeah. But you didn't think anything else after that, right. you know. It's just like, all right, that person's a little different. Well, I wonder what their name is. Do they want? Do they want to go outside and play kickball? Does, yeah. You know. So, if they want to do whatever they want to do, and they're they're just a normal human being, um, they're, it's fine with me. If you have the the balls or change them, <laughs> whatever, just to join the armed right. forces and be so selfless and so committed right to do that shit i don't give a fuck no absolutely why not. should you why would you it's it's really shitty that you have people that uh you know transgender or or any any group like that um they're fighting they 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 are still electing to go fight for a country in which they could be who they are and be free, yet they're still getting the hate. Yeah, and, and the uh, backlash. That's you know, when I, I, I had, I had taken a, um, 
psychology course in school and uh, it was probably the best one of the best eye-opening classes I took it was a, a communication of gender and marriage and so I'm like oh that's an interesting class I'll take that Damn, that's something that sounds you know um, pretty heavy yeah so I'm like oh, what, what's what's this going to be about and uh, a lot of it touched base on uh, other cultures you know and um, like uh, in in in, the, in like India for example like um, you have somebody that's born like a hermaphrodite mm-hmm. they're looked upon as like holy you know they're like almost like godlike, godlike. you know and for us in the Western world, that's weird. They're shunned, you that's know, freak. burn them. Yeah. Um, you know, we learned about in Greece, um, some parts of the world over there, before men get married, it's socially okay for men to engage in sexual conduct with other men. And that that's how it is over there. Get your freak out. You know? before and, you, get um, you know, just like, like things like that you learn about, and then you realize, like, man, like, it's it's just so different in other parts of the world. Um, it's it. I don't know to to see something socially accepted somewhere else and completely disregarded as as a mental disorder over here. Um, you know, and again, I'm not I'm not a psychologist by any means. Um, but one thing I was taught that I remembered is uh, psychology is. Um, you know, it's 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 still not a proven science. You know, it's always yeah, it's always, always a theory. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and um, I don't know. That stuck with me, and it, and, it, and it made me feel that you know, you always have to keep thinking, you always have to keep uh, studying and, and progressing. Um, you know, and if anybody's offended by that, then whatever. Right. Like, Whatever. Like I, I think that and I'm like, how can it be possible that we have at we're in 2017 and we even have to like talk about shit like that? There's so much other stuff to talk about. You know. You like, know. Why? Why even put that in? You know, the government and mix it up. With the the armed forces, they cannot serve you. Take you're taking them, taking the right away. To do something that they're so passionate about that they're willing right. to sacrifice their yeah. rights for it, and you're taking that right away. Like that would be like the last right I would expect, right? For someone, especially in the United States, and how the armed forces are taken so serious and revered by right. everyone. You are taking the right of a citizen due to their gender to defend your asshole's ass. Right. You know, like that is crazy. I mean, then you then you hear of, you know, um, Kristen Beck, I believe, was the transgender Navy SEAL. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who came out and, you know, I believe she said you know, say that to my, th- whatever she said, you know, openly. Oh, tell me I'm not you know, worthy. Right? right. Tell me I'm not worthy. Uh, I mean, Navy SEAL to be a Navy SEAL in like <laughs> in general. Yeah. I mean, what kind of percentage of people that try out or, or want that Can't actually, that. right. And I mean that, that right there is, is, uh, is an example of, the possibilities of just a transgender person, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. the uh, The whole thing is very. It just seems so, just seems so dumb to me. Right. You I, know, I was like, gonna try to use that word. It just dumb. seems so dumb, and it just seems like, you know, like taking us back in time. It it's like if God is, you know. <laughs> It's like if God was playing a video game and we were like the, the video game, I think he would have like accidentally hit the reset button. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not, I'm not sure I like how this is going. Let me right? just start over. But uh, I don't know, man. There's just a group of people um, that I don't know. It's just, it's just they're just. I don't even know. I don't have words for it. 
Yeah, it's just weird that at this time and age, we there's still people that are so like engulfed in that mentality of like, don't tell me you're you're doing it because you're a good Christian right. and you have to obey the laws no, of God, whatever. the Bible, because. I forgot most about the Bible, but I'm willing to bet my left nut that it says that you have to be nice. At some yeah. point in the fucking book, it says that, right? Yeah, there's... So just being a total, total just asshole by, by doing that, because what does it matter? I don't think it... Here's the thing. Like, I like, I like to, to speak on topics that I really know a lot about, but here's the thing. I'm not very well read on transgender, you know, um, uh, any kind of gender difference, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not well read on it. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't think most people are. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of people confusing fact with opinion, and um, I just it's think it's like, causing a huge divide. We were talking about it the other day that. People now have bits of information. They right. talk out of a headline that they saw right. online, but they don't have the information. They don't have the facts. So they just spit out the first thing that they read right. or that some celebrity posted or some dude posted online. But after that, they have no argument because they really don't know the ins and the outs of it. And... I, I mean what you're saying, like, you know, like, I would like to be more well-read or well-informed about it to maybe have a broader argument, but I don't think that it's only that other people aren't as right. literate as they should be. I think that when it comes to a problem like that, you shouldn't have to be. It's just right. like logic in my eyes, like, I don't care about that, you know, simple as that. Yeah, people um, people just don't like what they don't understand, you know. And if this whole transgender ban, you know, let's ban the transgenders, ban the gays, ban ban people that that love cats more than other people. You know what? Like, <laughs> right. it doesn't. I don't know. It just seems so absurd to me that that the conversation even has to exist yeah totally, totally and i'm not even angry i'm just confused it just confuses me i'm just like why yeah, for me it's just like i don't understand i just like, don't understand thing? Is yeah, this a thing? yeah totally navy seal dude she made the team six yeah team well she was on one three and six right and so that's just like people that fucking kill bin laden yeah like I that's don't what she is I you don't. I don't can. have a problem with with her capabilities, you know. You know. Um, and if it's about a mental disorder, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it doesn't seem like a disorder to me. It is whatever. It's yeah. there's so so many Same people. Same for me. I don't think it's mental at all. Man, straight people are more fucked up than anybody right? I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everybody's got some sort of mental fucking right, issue. But most of the people that go on killing rampages and shit, they're just like straight people. But hey, you know what? I I suppose like. Uh, if they want to like stick with it, like good for them. At least they're not a uh, like they don't have to go to war. Apparently, you know, like they're yeah. safe. Cool. Yeah. Deal with it. Cool for them. Then, do you think people are going to start protesting? I think so. I think there's always going to be some sort of protest. Like, well, if trannies can't go to war, I can't go to war either. Fuck yeah, and me too. You know, I I think at the at the root of everything. It's like nobody really, it, nobody really cares enough to, to make a stand against something. Like, uh, like let's say we, we just wake up today, right? We go to hang out, and there's no problem with anything, right? You're you, I'm me. Those people are them. That's it. Nobody just argues with people just for the sake of nobody spouts an opinion nobody mm -hmm. spouts a belief nobody creates this conflict it just you, something happens on the news somebody in power does something that's it everybody's up in arms yeah. about this about that it, i don't know 
I really can't articulate my thought very well on that. But uh, they lose their shit. They, they make up shit. There's so much shit being lost. <laughs> Everybody's losing so much shit. Dude, I was um, I was reading on the since we talk about we mentioned mental disorder and how we just like to shame people that right. are labeled with oh they have a mental disorder like they have depression or oh right. what a drag that guy he's like he's not right in the head what the fuck is wrong and how i don't know if you've ever talked to anybody that's mm -hmm. told you like dude i'm i'm depressed i think i suffer from depression right it's so hard to break them in because they're so scared of admitting the i think it's like the overwhelming sensation that they can't overcome overcome it and they feel like weak like right i can't battle this i have voices in my head telling me to kill myself you know i but was i can't be open about it i was talking to anthony Nesserato. you know those guys echoed silence up so those guys Woodward, slash echoed silence slash ascension slash subs for people in midnight satellites occasionally <laughs> anyway Hudson like his uh, boo Anthony his, his boo boo but um boo -boo. you know Anthony and I were talking about it I, you know I woke up the other day and it was just one of those days where I wasn't even at all you know in, in a, any kind of mental mindset to take my own life at all but you know I woke up and I, I told him I was like you know what dude let's go get some lunch we got some lunch and uh, I was like, you know, you ever wake up and um, just some days you don't feel like anything matters. You know, you just have a really twisted perspective on your own life. And it's very short-lived, you know, but that experience is there. And uh, you don't really talk about it, but I'm just, I'm just talking to him about it the other day. And he says, you know, like, you know, I think we all go through that, but a lot of, a lot of people that are really, really depressed – they cover it up really, really well, and you never know, yeah. you know? And then, like, one day, that's it. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, he's like, sometimes it's really um, difficult to talk to people because, you know, you'll be with your buddy and, like, you know, man, I'm really feeling really feeling depressed and, you know, I'm, I'm really sad. I don't know what to do. And they'll make a lighthearted comment, like, ah, just fucking snap out of it or just fucking like you know, I think that's toughen up, yeah. right? Uh, and don't be a pussy. Let's get drunk. right. And you know, that's a, that's that's that friend not knowing. I don't think really how to handle it. You know, but uh, it's a serious thing. Depression is really is really a complex um, thing for somebody to go through. And uh, I don't really battle with depression, but I do understand that it's a it's a very serious serious thing and it's it's subjective you know i can't i can't tell if somebody's depressed yeah. you know i i can't look at you and say oh you're depressed mm -hmm. i mean some people can look like super gray and right. down right and you see that they're kind of like dragging you're like hey what's up but they'll be just like oh, nothing just tired not feeling well they don't like to talk about it because as a society we shamed it so much like oh he's depressed right. he's almost like a loony right debbie like downer loony, you know yeah for me, the, the surprising thing about what happened with Chris Cornell and with Chester was with Chris Cornell, it was like every single band member he's ever had. Right. It's like, no. Right. Never. Depressed. That guy? Fucking never. Right. You know, he was like the spirit, the guy that carried the band and the people around and everybody was like, holy shit, it was so shocking. It really was. Then with Chester, it's like he did talk about a lot of his problems in radio interviews and about being abused as a kid and having heavy drug and drinking problems. And that one day he was like, oh, fuck everything, fuck everybody. I just want to give up and whatnot. Right. But still, it was so surprising to think that those guys in particular, everybody would be like, happy as fuck they were the nicest guys in the world yeah you know i mean you look at guys like that and um in our eyes they have everything that they could want yeah. right the family the kids the the success the uh the adoration from people all over the world and um 
sometimes it's still not enough to satisfy right. some sort of demon in your head, you know? And it's not only it's not only rock stars, you know? Like you have CEOs of companies, you know, who like, man, you're a millionaire. Why, you know, why you have everything. You've got the, the trophy wife and the kids that are all in Ivy League schools and you're just off yourself. And, you know, then you have the regular Joe, you know, who just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really serious thing, you know? It's, it's, it's really hard to uh, to try to understand, but it's just very blatant that uh, no matter how successful you, you see somebody um, is in life and how you measure your success compared to theirs, saying, man, but they have everything I want. They have – I just want to be that rock star. I'd love to, like, you know, tour the country and tour the world. And, you know, why would he go and do that? Doesn't he know everything he's had? Right. Yeah. Well – there's it's just crazy, and it's something that you were saying that people just like to call them like cowards or right. selfish, and it's a total shame. It's like how dark that place has to be that right. that you have is enough, and you think that everybody around you will be better off without you around. Right. Oh, it has to be so dark and intense. You're, you know, it's like you know when you're when you're talking about Cornell. You know, and uh, if there were drugs involved and if he wasn't in his right state of mind, you know, that's one thing. But then to just do it, um, just to do it because you're in so much pain, you like checking out is better than living yeah. with, with that pain. Like yeah. that's something, uh, yeah, it it's just serious. Bad, bad place. And then, you know, and then you start reading all these conspiracy theories online oh, about Chester yeah. being Podesta's son. Right. And the fuck? There's a Navy SEAL that came out today. He's been talking about, his last name is Sawyer or something like that. He's been talk, tweeting about it, about this pedophile ring right. in Washington with a bunch of senators and people of the Congress and Hillary was in it and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I re I read that stuff because you know, people post it. I read it, and inside, I want to be like, man, this is such just convoluted bullshit. Yeah, you know. Totally. But then there's that like five percent of me that's like, what if it's so like this shit could be fucking real, right? You know, because I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at right, all. right? You know, and if it is a legit thing that shit needs to fucking stop right that yeah, needs, needs to come to, to some sort of end yeah, uncovered end. you know and that's what all these conspiracy theories are saying like you know cornell with um um his his foundation that he had mm -hmm. and you know chester with his uh with his background and um you know the his, his abuse that he endured um and, and they were you know supposedly out uh outing some sort of yeah. ring of you know pedophiles and stuff yeah, and that's uh fucking crazy yeah it's because conspiracy theories always have that hook to catch you you're like you're all damn it now i have to fucking right, read this now i need to fucking know man but you know i i like to not subscribe to that stuff and as really as sad as it sounds i would rather it just be you know what they just they just checked out yeah like, totally. They, I mean, their families are going through enough, right. you know, than to be drugged through all this other shit. No, it's just crazy, crazy, man. Talk about good news and music. Good news, yeah, I like good news. What you guys cooking? Man, cooking this, cooking what that. You guys cooking, baby. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff cooking. There's a lot of there's a lot of food in the pantry. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what Midnight Satellites is going to be doing as far as original music. Um, you know, dude, we've, we've been hitting the music thing for so long, you know, like the, almost coming on 10 years and, um, you know, we did our EP in 2013 and we came out with our full length a couple of years ago and, uh. You know, I think we, we have a bunch of songs, like, individually that we've written, but uh, we haven't really, I guess, um, 
we haven't really found the inspiration to get together and right. and like put it all together as a band and you know life is happening and you know um i have my own things that make that that wouldn't be on a midnight satellite record you know it just isn't midnight satellites ish mm-hmm. you know and then um you know same thing with nick nick is really getting into songwriting and he's studying music a lot and he has a studio and he's making an album and uh you know, I'm helping him on with some of the stuff on that, and you know, a lot of other people have helped him to uh, to make it happen. You know, um, and then I know Brennan's recording some stuff, and Brennan has Dark Haven that he just came out with a new album. Dark Haven. The Haven is so dark. Yeah. But he came out with some stuff, and you know, Mike's Mike's doing his thing. You know, he he has a lot of other projects going on too, but. Um, I would love, like honestly, I would love to see a Midnight Satellites recording happen soon. Like it's, I love those dudes, and you know, I'd, I'd love to see some music come out. And, I, and it's, uh, it's not because it's going to really chart on the billboards or anything, but just because I love the music we write and the way it sounds as it comes out, and you know, just to satisfy. There's like you know, five people that really want a new midnight satellites thing i can i can count them on my fingers and my well, toes you can I think. Count me in, baby. but I, I would make you know just just release music to those people you know because it's worth it if it makes them happy and you know yeah, make it for them what are you what about you man you got a lot of you got a lot of music you sent me some stuff it's all over the place like everything i yes. still you know like we we lost reese so we're a three-piece now right and I got a bass, and I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll I saw that you bought a bass. Play bass. <laughs> it's forced into the position. So I'm not very happy about it. Right. And I'm not very, like, looking forward, especially to learning the songs that Blake writes. <laughs> right. His level of proficiency is, like, way so above. What's up, Blake? What's up? So we were practicing a song, and I'm like, one of his originals, and I'm like, right. all right, I got it, I got it. But then right. when I tried to sing, I'm like, I don't got it, I don't got it, I don't right. got it. And it's still so foreign to me to play bass, right? Like, to navigate around the fret. The fret feels different, strings feel different, everything. So I'm just kind of getting used to it, but I'm not putting too much love into it because I'm not feeling it. But right. at the same time, we have material with his songs and my songs that are enough to put something good together. So nice. this is driving me nuts. You know, Blake, Blake's a really good guy, really good guitar player. I, I don't think I've heard his original stuff, so I'm looking forward to that. The thing about Blake is he's so broad. Right. He can he writes like acoustic songs that can sound like fucking what's that band from Seattle that's super the silver silver sun pickups those guys those guys then he can write a reggae song that sounds like right. the dirty heads or sublime and he can write a fucking metal right song. and he's not he what i love about him besides that is that he's not shy right to have the mindset of we're gonna put all these songs together a reggae song can be in the album or in right. the ep so can a super slow right. song that you know it's heavy in that sense so i like that the thing is that i don't think it would make justice also if i'm playing the bass right for the kind of shit that he's writing because i really want a bass player that knows his way around and catches the essence of his song and can bring something cool with with cody who's going to be doing the drums so cody styes yeah nice mr golden boy cody styes um, so yeah, we're 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 just waiting on that, see where it where it lands. But yeah, I'm stoked, and I have a bunch of acoustic stuff that now that I have all this up, I'm, I'm really gonna be recording. Just burn it and right, kind of like give it away to whoever yeah, goes to the acoustic gigs and whatnot. Free music, originals, yeah. So and on posted them online and stuff. I wanted to ask you though yeah. before we bounce creatively how much does the first EP the, the self-titled EPM sense 
how much was the leap to write to go into writing um, presence past presence future past presence what do you, what do you, how much like how do you uh, creatively like the way that they came out the songs uh, how well you know big is the difference or it was pretty it was pretty big difference when we did uh when we did the EP we weren't even sure what we were doing you know uh we had Anthony Raya in the band, um, and uh, Anthony Raya was a big, um, a big, um, uh, you know, progressive type drummer, you okay. know, and um, he kind of he kind of fueled this like uh, um, every song over five minutes with some tricky time signatures type mm-hmm. you know type mind, you know, thought process. So. Um, we weren't sure what we were doing. We we're like, yeah, let's just like write a bunch of songs. We ended up putting four songs on the thing. And um, that was really it. We just tried to write um, songs that just felt like, you know, um, we were heavily influenced by like, you know, the 90s grunge thing. So yeah. we're like, yeah, let's let's write some songs that we're influenced by and uh, let's make them kind of catchy and but tricky and, you know, whatever. It, that was it. And then we're let's go. We you know we went to Alex Pappas and had him record it, and you know we had put, uh, Jackie Bertoni put his uh, percussion on it and gold, golden, golden. you know. But uh, we just did that, and it it was fun. It was more. It was like a fun project, and it was cool. And then um, you know a couple of years later, when we were doing Past, Present, Future, you know we. Uh, you know, we decided, you know, Nick was, Nick was in the band at the, at the time too now. And, um, we're like, let's make a really well put together album, you know, to, you know, to what we are capable of doing, you know? Um, now as far as well put together, we're like, let's really think about these songs. Let's make it, um, not so, uh, not so out there as far as like, uh, progressive styles of music, you know? Um, more straightforward rock, you know, it has its high points and its low points. And, you know, we had John Lawson, um, produce it. And, uh, I mean, he's worked with a lot of people, um, you know, like Roger Waters and, uh, you know, like, um, Ricky Martin even, I believe, but yeah, I mean, he's worked with a lot of people. So his experience was cool. Um, you know, again, Jackie Bertone put on his golden, his golden, uh, percussion stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, it was the 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 drive behind it was let's make it sound good, let's make it like you know we had it mixed by uh, by Will Breer, and he does so much stuff. He's you know just like the new Seether stuff he does, and you know he's worked on some of the Killers albums and just really cool. And we had um, Ruben Cohen master that, and he's you know at, at Lurson mastering, and they've done everybody that you can think of, you yeah. know Metallica. And, Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters and and yeah I mean so that we tried to make that sound as best as we could and um, we were all very satisfied with the way it came out but you know it's very hard to have a um, successful I guess you know release Mm -hmm. you know you got to do so much so much stuff to make it to make it happen and uh, we're just happy with the way it turned out cool 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 well, you guys are still like the number one cats rolling around here, rocking around here. No, oh, meow. And it's it's always awesome to to hear you guys play and know that you guys can bring something more for the future. Thanks. When you compare those two and you hear that, right, right, like if you listen to "Drug Me," the first track of the EP, and then compare it with a song like. Um, what's that one with the piano? Let her go. No. Oh. Uh, Why don't you uh, leave her alone? Leave her alone. Yeah. All right. When you put those songs together, not like they can't coexist in right. one production, let's say, but which way do you, do you have a preference on going? Like necessarily, if you had a vibe, like you know, you put more of drug me or well, more dr- of this. It's it's really. Um, I get it. I, I don't know. Drug me is more of a. It's more of of, of of something that comes natural 
you know, like just like getting up there, rocking, throw some mm-hmm. blues licks. The the Leave Her Alone song, um, I was kind of like trying to get out of my element a little bit. I'm like, let's let's be a little risky with it. Let's just like mm-hmm. piano, vocals, somewhat of a love song, you know, just a stretch, just to see what would happen. Um, so I don't know. I guess it depends on the day, depends on the mood. Right, right. Yeah. The cool thing about it is that when you do that, like I'm saying, like you don't necessarily have to compromise with people, especially right. the people that you're expecting to hear it. But when you feel that freeness of doing whatever, right? You know, and when it sets, it settles good with the other guys in the room. Like, I don't have a fucking problem with that. Yeah, you know, like I was, I was really glad that it ended up making it on the on the record or album or download, whatever we want to call it. Um, you know, because we're all pretty supportive of each other, and there were a lot of different songs. Like Brennan had a bunch of songs too that are very um, um, un unlike Midnight Satellites. You know, they were very oh. mellow and um, emotionally driven, and I, you know, they're great songs. They just, it just, we had so many. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny. We were sitting there in the studio and we had a couple of, um, a couple spots left, you know, like let's, let's put a couple more mellow songs on the, on the record. Let's, and you know, John Lawson at the time, he was like, yeah, I think we could, you know, we have time to do it. Let's, let's pick a couple. And it was kind of a a funny process because like Brendan and I brought, you know, a handful of songs each and we were sitting there and, you know, he played like 30 seconds of the song. He's like, nope. <laughs> you know, nah, no, nope, nope. not under my watch, <laughs> right? Which I can get, you know, because you want to make a, an album somewhat consistent. And even though it's a good song, um, it just wasn't right for the record itself. But uh, yeah, there's some, you know, there's some really, really good songs I think that you know we've written that just may never see the light of day, you know. And that makes me wonder too. Like you have somebody like Cornell, right? We were just talking about this all the stuff that he's released, you know, how many songs are we never going to hear? Right. You know, cause you, you know, he any artist, like a guy that he would be like, it doesn't need to be perfect, especially his time signature. Right. So weird. Even with the acoustic songs, it's like, right. you can hear so much of the sound garden when he was trying to phrase, right. Uh, like a line. And you can tell that these are songs like, this is not a single. This is not aimed to fucking be on the charts or anything. Right. But it's a fucking badass it's a great song, song, man. You know, it's crazy, like, thinking, uh, you know, you listen to his catalog and, you know, you listen to the Soundgarden stuff and you listen to the Soundgarden stuff and it's you know, it's so deep and complex. And then you listen to what he wrote for Audio Slave, and it's simple but, but hooky and catchy and it draws mm-hmm. you in. But it's still somewhat deep. And, uh, you know, then you listen to his album that he, what do you do with Timberland? Timberland, yeah. right? You know, and it's so different than any, yeah. you know, and then his new acoustic album that he came out with. And I don't know. He's he's an artist that um, is very, his respect that he gets is very well-deserved. And, yeah. You know, um, you know, you just think of all these singer-songwriters that songs you're, you're never going to hear. Yeah, you totally. Know, like, um, you know, Jeff Buckley. I'm a huge Jeff Buckley fan. You know, and like, like Jeff Buckley oh sometimes. Man. And somebody, uh. somebody, uh, you know, will, will say, oh, yeah, did you hear the new Jeff Buckley album that came out? What? What? New Jeff right. Buckley? I, ne- I never so heard like these songs. Under the Radar. Yeah, and it's so good. And he, I, you know, the thing I like about him, you could have him cover like a song like, like Lilac Wine, and it's just like super intimate, you know, jazz song. You know, and then um, yeah, that cover you know, of Hallelujah, which is oh, dude, I think it's like the best, yeah, considered the best cover yeah. ever made of any song. I mean, you have the Hallelujah yeah, and Lilac so Wine, and then you have his cover of like good. Kick Out the Jams. You know, the is this on? I don't know if I'm on. Yeah. Then you know, it's uh, it's um, no, I'm good. I don't know, just the just the diversity that, that some people can have, and what you're never gonna hear. Like, I I wonder how many artists that I just love listening to the songs that they're never going to release. They're right, just... like the B-sides. Yeah. Because there was, uh, Oasis did that a lot. Right. When they were like peaking. I remember they did, what, one, two, the first three albums. Right. And 
every single album, hit after hit after hit. And then they released the master plan that was the B side. Right. And it's for me being Oasis, how fucking cocky they were. It was just like, you think those are good? Take these. Right here, here's our here's our shit. Yeah, here's like the fucking demos that never make it and shit. And you're like, what the fuck? These songs are insanely good too. Yeah. But yeah, imagine how many riffs. Bonamassa and Richie oh, yeah. Potts like you're never gonna hear in your life yeah they're like nah not good enough and you're like I wish I would've fucking written that that would've been my single for sure yeah well my friend Sal and Spinelli we both gotta get out of here go and provide for the family be yes. the men it was an absolute honor and pleasure yeah it was you. thank you for having me we did uh we did some yoga this morning and we did some chatting this afternoon yeah buddy buddy now we head to work do what we love yoga peace music love i love you brother love you too man thank you so much peace out yeah